0: Welcome to this week's podcast. This would be the week in which the church would be celebrating Pentecost, the birthday of the church. Sometimes we'd celebrate by all wearing red or having red paraments and cloth all throughout the sanctuary. Sometimes we blow up red balloons and we all tell the story of the second chapter of Acts on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God came and rested like tongues of fire and entered the room where they were like a wind This is the day of Pentecost. This week we'll be celebrating in the church, but this year's celebration will be quite a bit different. We won't be all together. There will not be red balloons. We won't be dressing in red, more than likely. You're welcome to do that at home if you like. Take videos and post them on Facebook. But short of that, this is a week in which we'll celebrate Pentecost in our own way. And we'll begin by having a look at a couple of wonderful scripture passages, One from the Old Testament, about the Spirit of God resting upon the people that were with Moses. And of course, the second chapter of Acts, which is the story of Pentecost. So welcome, and let's begin by calling ourselves to worship.
1: Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of
0: the Living God Fall afresh on me Melt me, mold me Fill me,
1: use me
0: Spirit of the Living God fresh on he. Our hymn today, and this hymn has special meaning to me because of the situation around which it was recorded. Many years ago, Lynn and I were privileged to take a large group, a hundred or more adults and kids to Alaska on a mission trip. We had a wonderful time and met tremendous people and worked very hard up in the Alaska region where the church has a very strong presence among people who live on isolated islands and in small villages, some of them where bears are more populous than people. And this trip meant a lot to us. And when we returned, some of the music that we had learned that we sang with all the kids and the adults who went on the trip also became dear to us. And so I asked my son, Ben, who is a recording engineer, to come over to the church and record us singing some of the songs we had used on our trip to Alaska. This hymn today is a wonderful hymn that came from that recording session. It began, if you can imagine this, with about 60 kids and adults, those who had gone on Thrip, who were able to gather in the front steps of our sanctuary on the East Coast. And then Ben came in with the recording equipment and recorded all of us, and then later added his own voice and his own guitar as he cleaned up the original recording and made it better than ever. Well, this particular recording is a recording called Lord, Make Me an Instrument of Thy Peace. And it's based on the words of St. Francis of Assisi, a man who we'll learn a little bit more about in today's message. But here's the hymn. Make me an instrument of your peace.
1: Lord, make us instruments of your peace where there is hatred and your love increase lord make us instruments of your peace walls of pride and prejudice shall cease when we are your instruments of peace where there is hatred he will sow his love where there is injury, he will never judge. Where there is striving, he will speak his peace to the people crying for release. We will be his instruments of peace. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred and blessing, Instruments of peace. Where there's blindness, we will pray for sight. Where there's darkness, he will shine his light. Where there's sadness, he will bear their grief. To the millions crying for relief, we will be his instruments of peace instruments of your peace where there is hatred let your love increase Lord make us instruments of your peace walls of pride and prejudice shall cease when we are your instruments of peace Lord make us instruments Of your peace Where there is hatred Let your love increase Lord, make us instruments Of your peace Walls of pride and prejudice Shall cease When we are your instruments of peace Lord, make us instruments Of your peace where there is hatred, and your love increase. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease. When we are your instruments of peace.
0: Our scripture readings today are two stories about the Spirit of God. The first one is an Old Testament reading from the book of Numbers, but it's really about the Exodus, the time in which the people of God were in the wilderness waiting to find the promised land. And Moses and all the elders of the people are trying to figure out how best to lead these difficult and stiff-necked people through the wilderness for all those 40 years so they can find the promised land. In the middle of all that, It turns out that one day they go out and they gather around and they have the Spirit of God all rest upon them. Sounds familiar, like the day of Pentecost. But this was way back in the time of the Exodus, so listen to Numbers chapter 11, verses 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Now two men remained in the camp. One was named Eldad and the other was named Medad, and the spirit rested upon them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And then a young man ran up and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of the chosen men said, My Lord, Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. I love that little story, especially when the young man comes and tattles on Eldad and Medad because they're prophesying and they're not with us. They're not like us. They're not one of us. And yet they're out there prophesying. But Moses correctly understands that the Spirit of God is intended for everyone. And that brings us to the New Testament reading, which is all about the day of Pentecost, This week, churches all around the world are celebrating the day of Pentecost. How they celebrate will be very different than the past, but celebrate we will. And so here is the reading from the second chapter of Acts that tells us all about what happened on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind because each one heard the disciples speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors all the way from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, all in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? <laughs> but others sneered at them and said, Ah, they are just filled with new wine. So Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them all. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken to the prophet Joel long ago. In the last days it will be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. It's a great story about the birthday of the church when all these people were brought in and taught, many of them for the very first time, that the Spirit of God could be among us. It was a time in which the church really sprang into being, and we often celebrate it as the birthday of the church. But if you look carefully at the scripture passage from the second chapter of Acts, you'll notice it also gives us a very dear clue about what the Spirit of God is all about. What does it really teach us? Going all the way back to the story in the Exodus with Moses and the elders, we discovered that the Spirit of God is a spirit of peace. A spirit of reconciling, a a spirit of drawing together, not dividing and tearing apart. One of my favorite parts of that story about the people of God in the wilderness in the book of Numbers is when Moses has taken the elders outside the camp, and they have gathered around the altar of God, and the Spirit of God comes down to them in a cloud. That's a great moment. It's a great moment. But the most important thing in the story is when this young man who's in the camp, who's stayed behind because he's not an elder, comes running out and acts like a tattletale for a couple of guys who have stayed back in the camp and also had the Spirit of God come upon them. And they are preaching to the people of God as if they're just as good as the elders who have gone out to receive the spirit of God? No doubt the young man came running out because he thought he was tattling on them, telling a tale, and he thought that Moses would come and shut them down. Well, evidently Joshua thought the same thing, because Joshua says to Moses, "My Lord Moses, go back and stop them." But Moses wisely understands the spirit of God, and Moses said both to the man, the young man who had come out from the camp and also to Joshua, are you jealous for my sake? That's ridiculous. It would be great if all God's people had the Spirit of God upon them. This isn't a competition. This isn't a divisive thing. This is something that unifies us. I'm overjoyed that these two men are back in camp preaching the good news of God because the Spirit of God has rested upon them. And then fast forward to the day of Pentecost in the second chapter of Acts. And right in the middle of that story, we have this wonderful moment. The tongues of fire have come down. The wind has appeared among the disciples. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin speaking. And the speaking they do is in every single language, every single tongue. And people are standing around and they're amazed. And notice the long list. Of all those who are hearing them in their own language. <laughs> this is the part of the reading where when you pass this reading on to a worship leader, they usually curse your name because they have to go through and read all these places and all these locations. But it's a long list because it covers all the known world where Judaism can be found. In Parthians, and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, everybody hears them in their own language. Does that sound like the Spirit of God is divisive or picky? or trying to sort people out, or call the best from the herd? Now, the Spirit of God is a spirit of unity, a spirit of peace, a spirit of reconciliation. Perhaps no one understood that better in our church history than a man who came to be known as St. Francis of Assisi. Now, that wasn't really his name. His real name was Giovanni. But his father, a rich man, used to call him Francesca. And so, this St. Francis of Assisi, when he began his life up to the age of about 19 or 20, came from a very rich family. He had all the blessings that rich riches can bring. He was known, by some accounts, to be quite a partier. He was a drinker and a partier and a person who loved to have his young friends over to celebrate his wealth. Well, at one point, he went on a pilgrimage and he discovered God, perhaps for the very first time. He discovered God, and he discovered the teachings of Jesus. And in that trip, when he returned, most of his friends didn't recognize him anymore. He, he had changed, and he became a man who eventually renounced all of his riches, renounced all of his partying ways, and became a person devoted to Christ and the church He's the man who began many different movements in the church that went on to create those who would denounce the world and end up worshiping only God through Christ and lowly, humble ways. And probably one of his most famous things is a poem he wrote once. Perhaps it was set to music, but it's a poem that has remained all these centuries since the time of Saint Francis of Assisi. Now, he only lived to his mid 40s, but in that time, he created all these groups of people and all these people who would follow him because he was such a great preacher. And he wrote these immortal words Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope What beautiful words from a man who'd lived two separate lives, basically. A life of wealth and partying, and a life of devotion to God. And he understood that the true nature of the Spirit of God, the true nature of the Spirit of Christ that has been left for all of us, is a spirit of peace, a spirit of reconciliation, a spirit of unity, a spirit of drawing us all together not separating us out. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Help me to do the things that draw people together. Help me to make the choices that help unify others. That's a difficult thing to do in this day and time. Politics tends to drive us apart. Even in this time of the pandemic, it has been so politicized that even the very act of wearing a mask can speak about what party you might belong to or what beliefs that you have. I had a story of a fellow Presbyterian colleague who was wearing a mask at a store recently, and someone came up to him and began railing at him for wearing a mask. Didn't he believe in the freedom of his country? And actually the man spit on him because he was wearing a mask. And in his conversation about this, this colleague minister said, For the first time in my life, I really understood what it meant when Christ said, turn the other cheek, because I hated being spat upon. I hated the man who had come and begun to challenge me for wearing a mask, which I knew was the right choice. But that hatred soon faded, faded, and I began to understand what Christ meant when he teaches the unity of the Spirit to bring people together. Now, maybe you and I have been having that problem, too, as we begin to open up the Western Hemisphere, as the world itself begins to open up, and as we go out into what used to be a place we understood well, and now we haven't been there for weeks, and we're cautious, and we're worried, and we're looking around to see how other people react. And when we go out into that world, which is somehow different than it once was, We begin to judge others quickly. Oh, they're not wearing masks. Oh, they don't care about anyone else. We're so angry about that. We're so troubled by the fact that these selfish, self-centered people could not care one whit about our own health and our own safety. And all of that really may be true. They may be self-centered. They may be so concerned with liberty and freedoms that they've missed the point. And even politicians who are calling for us to open up the churches sooner than later have begun to miss the point. The church has never been closed. The buildings have been closed. But our churches have always been open. We've been out there serving one another, drawing each other together in every way we could. Through our social media, through our phone calls, through our service to others, the church has never shut down. And yet our anger now For those who would seek to open us and tell us what we ought to do. Sounds a lot like the young man who came to tattle on the two men in the camp to Moses. They're not one of us. They're not part of us. And yet they're doing all these things. But Moses rightly understands that the Spirit of God can rest on everyone. So what are we called to do? We're called during this time of Pentecost, and every other time for that matter, to truly embrace others around us, to try and understand their own point of view. Oh yes, we will wear masks. And many of us will choose not to go places where others don't wear masks. But our hatred toward those people who are expressing a different point of view is so troublesome. The Spirit of God is not a spirit of hatred. The Spirit of God is not a spirit of division. The Spirit of God that came to us at that moment of Pentecost, that came to the elders and Moses there in the wilderness, is a Spirit of drawing together, a Spirit of unity, yes, even a Spirit of peace. So let's echo those words of the great St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. May your Spirit truly settle upon me during this time of Pentecost. So I will begin to be more tolerant, more loving, more accepting, and full of the unity of the Spirit. That is my prayer, this Pentecost. So when people see my actions and hear my words, it will be like that mighty day of Pentecost. When people from all different places and all different backgrounds and all different languages all heard the same thing. They heard the Spirit, the language of the Spirit of Christ resting upon all those whom Jesus loves, and that's all of us. So it's the day of Pentecost. May we truly understand the Spirit of Christ being a spirit of unity, a spirit not dividing, but drawing people together in reconciliation, truly understanding it as a spirit of peace. Lord, make us instruments
1: of your peace. Where there's hatred let your love increase Lord make us instruments of your peace walls of pride and prejudice shall cease when we are your instruments of peace Lord make us instruments of your peace where Hatred and your love increase, Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Walls of pride and prejudice shall cease when we are your instruments of peace.
0: My friends, the service here is ended. May we go in peace. Amen.